podcast that encourages you to reflect, grow, and expand your mental toolbox. My name is Annie Ursta, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a certified life coach with a background in psychology, and my purpose is to help people transform their mindset for the better. This podcast is made for you that are open and willing to grow and curious to learn more about how the mind works. Sounds interesting? Well, let's get right to it. Hello. Welcome back to the Let's Train Your Brain podcast. I am so excited this week because I have one of my very best friends with me today. And honestly, I'm so proud of her for just bringing her English slash Norwegian into this podcast. And uh, she's just such an awesome person. Uh, Her name is Teresa. And I've known her for, gosh, I don't know how many years. But I think I'll just kind of give her the word so she can introduce herself. Well, thank you, Annie. <laughs> uh, yes, hi, my name is Teresa. Um, I'm a very, very good friend of Annie uh, from Norway. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think we just uh, share a lot of good things together. And mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for being here today. Heck yeah. Yeah. So you guys might think or question like, what will they talk about today? And trust me, there's a lot to talk about, but mainly this episode is going to be a lot about Teresa's kind of life or challenges because she's gone through some really, really hard seasons and traumatic experiences in life. And I honestly just feel so honored to have you here today and just choosing to be vulnerable And I know that this is something that you kind of want to build more of your career on as well to encourage um, and show others that there's kind of a, there's light in the end of the tunnel uh, to kind of put it in that perspective. So um, I think kind of where we're going to start today is by you kind of sharing a bit where you grew up and what were some of the specific challenges that you, um, that you met. Yes. Uh, well, I grew up in Norway uh, in a small uh, city, or it's not a city, but it's it's not now. a city. <laughs> no, it's a small place. <laughs> uh, and I like to think that I grew up in a normal, normal family. But mm-hmm. as I actually grew up, I see that it wasn't because we had a mm-hmm. lot of uh, stuff uh, going mm-hmm. on. Uh, I grew up with uh, a lot of sickness in my family uh, and that has just shaped the way um, for me as well um, when I grew up and how I've had my childhood mm-hmm. um, so the thing is my dad he was uh, as long as I can remember he has been sick mm-hmm. uh, and he had had a lot of different stuff he had for example, diabetes, he had um, kidney transplantation, he had an open chest surgery to move a uh, child from the heart well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's most of the big things. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we had had a lot of uh, hospitals visit we, where he had heart attacks or yeah, different things. So for mm-hmm. me, um, I would say that when I grew up, I grew up very fast. I wasn't yep. a child for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think I lost a big part of my childhood. 
um, yeah. because I couldn't, the life all of my other friends had, I couldn't recognize it. I couldn't, I didn't have the same um, happiness of things and I didn't felt like a normal um, child. Um, yeah. yeah, but but at the same time, I'm very grateful for my childhood and the perspective it gave me. For so, sure. yeah. Um, I, I kind of think it's important to to bring in the perspective because it's one thing that kind of going through a lot of those things when you're an adult, but it's very different and very traumatic for a little child to go through these things and kind of thinking it's normal that my dad has to go to the hospital all the time. And this is kind of like, this is normal, you know? Um, so mm. it, it definitely sounds like it was not just traumatic, but also, as you said, like you grew up very quickly. And I think that's pretty common when you go through a lot of stressors. Um, so yeah. how was that for you guys as a family, always having a lot of sickness within your family when you were younger? I think it actually brought us together a bit more because we had, uh, in my family, I'm used to talking. So if we had any issues, we always talked about it. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the good things about it, that, uh, that we actually managed to talk about the hard things. And instead of my mom saying, no, I won't tell you this because you're a child, we actually mm -hmm. got the information. And that's something I appreciate today as well that mm -hmm. she still is like I don't want to give you bad information but I still want you to know right um, yeah yeah so so that's the main thing I think it's just brought us a bit more together and you actually appreciated the time sure. you had together yeah so kind of going from that you know like growing up with a lot of really traumatic experiences it definitely didn't end in childhood right so let's just kind of move on to like one of your, you know, like most traumatic experiences. Well, the most traumatic thing has been when my dad passed away. Um, this happened in 2016 uh, and I was 22 years old. Yeah. Um, and I lost him in Turkey. My mom and my dad uh, went on a holiday for a week or two with friends. Uh, and he was in a good health condition then. He had been talk talking with his doctor and just said, okay, it's fine that I could travel. Um, mm -hmm. But then they arrived on Monday uh, in Turkey and the following Friday, he actually needed to go to a hospital uh, because uh, he was struggling with his breathing. Mm. And the doctor who was looking for him said yeah I think you will just um, you will be out the next week uh, you will just need some oxygen and yeah but um, this happened on a Friday uh, and we got the phone how thing was but on Monday morning they told us that they had to put him in induced coma mm. uh, that's to let the organs rest because he was so uh, his body couldn't rest and right. uh, especially with his breathing yeah mm. so they had to put in, in induced coma and that because yeah uh, and that in case when they told us that the insurance company said that we needed to come down 
because they didn't right. know uh, what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And from that point, so this was on Monday. They put it in the coma on Sunday, and this was Monday, and we arrived on Wednesday uh, in Turkey. And the thing is, in this point, I was actually pregnant with my first baby. I was mm-hmm. three months uh, pregnant. And I just remember my dad said to me that when I told him that I never thought that this was something I will, I will be there experience. to witness and experience. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really good moment for us. And we sat there crying mm-hmm. and it was just, yeah. And um, when we went down, uh, he was in induced coma, so we couldn't talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, in Turkey, it's a totally different different culture from mm-hmm. what we are used to in Norway. And for us, I think that was the biggest trauma of them all, actually, uh, mm-hmm. because we couldn't go visit him. Uh, he was put wow. in a big room with a lot of uh, people. So we needed, we have had to visit a day and we need to go one person uh, Mm. each time so we for example the first day everyone got to come but the next day uh, we first my brother did in the morning and I did it in the evening and we that was how we did it every day until the Saturday Um, because we got some information that he um, he was worse and we also could see that when we did visit him that something has been going on because he had had some yeah. blood in his mouth uh, but the doctors didn't tell us uh, so this was on Saturday and I actually remember my mom she was going into him and she didn't say anything about how he looked and but she was like okay something is up here yeah uh, and we left the hospital I think this was around 11 o'clock um it took one hour and we were on the way back to the to the hotel and then we got a phone from the hospital that we needed to come back and when we came back um he was dead um yeah i think i think you know you're good i i think just there's kind of there's kind of so much to talk about in terms of like having struggles in life and experience trauma and i think a couple of things here is like first of all you've already experienced your dad being sick so much. So like that phone call, like something is mm-hmm. up, that's terrifying. Cause you know, like he's been pretty seriously sick before, right? And then mm-hmm. it's in Turkey. We know very little, of, at least we knew very little about the healthcare system in Turkey is very different. It's that feeling of not being in control, right? And then yeah, you gotta go down the there. Of- yeah. Yeah. And, and then you know the, gonna the thing is, yeah. And the thing is because that was one part of it that he actually died but the the treatment we got afterwards the doctor for example said to us yeah but i told you this was going to happen that was one thing mm-hmm. uh, the other thing we got a question if we wanted to see him and we also had a, a good friend of us that did help us with the language so we had um, we had a very good communication yeah. yeah but then they when we uh, got the opportunity to see him they followed us down in a basement and I still can remember this so very well in all the details but mm-hmm. we we went in the basement and we saw him in a body bag in a cooler after people are dying yeah. and this is like a movie 
um, for me. Uh, and I just remember we had a security guard with us and he said, yeah, he opened the one shop where he was lying and he was lying in a white body bag, as you see on television. And they had like, um, it was closed, so you couldn't see him. And on the top of his head, you had the bag with medicines. So it's it's very unworthy from my oh, point yeah. of view, how they yeah. actually treat people. Um, yeah. And then they said, yeah, okay, could you, I asked them, could you please open the bag? And then he mm -hmm. just, he opened the bag and cut it up from the face. Um, and the thing is, they told us they had cleaned him, but when we saw him, we saw him with blood in his mouth, foam, all like oh, this. Wow. Yeah, they've just put him in the bag and in the cool, and that's it. Yeah. So that's been, yeah, it's been quite uh, traumatic. And I, but <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, I'm very grateful because I see myself in that in that point because my dad was quite curious in life so for example when he had open or different operations he said to the doctor please let me be awake so that I could see this or mm -hmm. tell me what you're doing with me yeah and I remember I actually sat down and just held one hand on the cooler and one hand on his chest and I just I just looked at him and just tried to understand because for me that has been one of the most important things to just accept the situation yeah, and get a bit things. of control. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So it's been it's been a lot of things, and we yeah. we actually got questions if we could uh, if we wanted to see him uh, when they put it in a coffin in Turkey, and we said no because we didn't know what we actually came to. Yeah. And even though they get him very quickly home to Norway, the funeral company said that it, the process has started so bad and so quickly that it, they didn't want us to see that. So yeah. for me, that that is the last thing I've seen of my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still very, it's, yeah, it's still very painful. But, oh, yeah. Mm. I just want to affirm you in, you know, like sharing your story and for the people listening today, because this just kind of confirms how we do not know what people are going through. We really don't. You see someone on the street and you have no idea. Yeah. It also kind of, it kind of like highlights the importance of when you're experiencing something, how important it is the way that people see you, the way that people communicate you, treat you like a human, right? Especially yeah. with all the things you guys were going through. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, kind of like the, the, the unfortunate story of Celeste's, uh, a lot of the things that she's experienced is that this was, this was probably like one of the, the bigger things. However, it just kind of kept on going. There was a lot of other um, experiences in your life, a lot of sickness, uh mm -hmm. losing a lot of people that you and your your boyfriend loves and there's just been a mm -hmm. lot of loss um so kind of <laughs> oh go for it go for it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing me me and my boyfriend we've been together for 10 12 years now mm -hmm. and uh that's on these years uh, mm -hmm. that's that has been the most like when everything has happened so 
quickly to just sum up uh, mm -hmm. a part of my um, a part of my um, of travel or the experiences I've had from two twenty twelve until twenty twenty one. Uh, for example, my boyfriend's dad died in 2013 uh, mm -hmm. after vacation to Turkey. And both me and my boyfriend, we were very close to that uh, and went into the hospital and saw everything in the process. Yeah. Um, a year later, Amir uncle was put to prison. Uh, so me and my dad was actually visiting him once a week for over two years. Yeah. Uh, and in that time, when my uncle was in prison, his wife got brain cancer and she died as well when he was there. So we had a lot of things arranged uh, for him and for the funeral and stuff. Mm. Um, and in the meanwhile, in 2016, my mother-in-law, uh, she got cancer, brain cancer. And this was in March 2016. Uh, in the summer 2016, I got pregnant <laughs> and my dad died in August 2016. Uh, yeah. And my, mo my uh, mother-in-law, she died December 2016. And mm -hmm. in 2017, February, I gave birth to a beautiful girl. So yeah. that it's been a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we actually had like two years and we had a we didn't have anyone we actually lost. And, mm -hmm. But in 2019, when I was pregnant with our other girl, she, um, the, my uncle who sat in prison, he committed suicide. Uh, and he didn't have uh, much family beside us. So it was me uh, and my siblings who were arranging um, the funeral and getting his belongings from the police, driving his car. Yeah, did all of these things. Um, this yeah. kind of goes back to what you shared earlier, how you already had to grow up early, right? And mm -hmm. then you have this responsibility and a lot of loss in your family. And I think I can only talk for myself, but I know if, if I'm stressed and I add on a couple more things, like that is a lot. And so, you know, like this podcast episode isn't about, you know, you just kind of like sharing all the losses in your life, um, but it's kind of the reality, the brutal reality of life sometimes. And like, how do we face those challenges? How do we tackle life when we feel like we're just getting kicked in the butt, right? And it just mm. kind of keeps on coming. Um, and it's, it's like, I've, you know, like I've been through you a lot on this journey and kind of seen you and your family going through all this and it's just it's been hard to watch it from the side too and I can only imagine like how it's been to kind of be in it and having through to just like wake up again try to do life while all this is mm. happening um but this is a brutal reality of how some people experience parts of their life um yeah it's just yeah. really thank you for sharing all this I know it's you know, just putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Um, it's definitely been really, really hard uh, for you, which is wild, you know, kind of seeing how far you come today. Um, mm. But there was a point after, you know, losing so many people that you guys love, there's been a lot of issues. When did you, you know, like hit the wall, so to speak? Well, 
that happened in 2021 uh, in August. Um, mm. I've had, or maybe it's the symptoms started in December 2019. So it started from me with uh, different uh, stomach issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have been to the doctors in and out to check allergies and all of this, but I couldn't find anything. Uh, but in August 2021, my body just said, stop. Um, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Um, yeah. And my thoughts just escalated. And the thing is that I've never thought that I've thought that I've handled stuff. But at the same time, now, uh, after this process, I see that I haven't at the same time, as I maybe thought I did. Um, Mm. So, yeah, um, it actually ended up with uh, me going, leaving my boyfriend and our two girls. Um, I moved out. And it's a thing because I've said this to my boyfriend as well we have a very good communication about it uh, and we're very open about the situation mm-hmm. but I, I don't I've said them I don't I think that if I actually didn't if I didn't move out I don't think we would be together today yeah because you needed because, that kind of time off it yeah hmm. yeah I did and the same thing I've been through a lot of shit but I've never never been as afraid as I was then Mm. actually because it's like when you're going from one point where you are a a family and you have everyday life and you have the kids and you have you as a couple and then the next day you're not sure if you're actually going to be with them for the rest of your life if you're Mm -hmm. a single mom or if you're actually going to be yeah if it's meant to be um so for me I moved out we had almost a month three weeks almost a month uh apart and he took the girls um and I got the time I contacted a psychologist and I got an appointment there um and uh yeah we it's been it's been a ride um say the least (laughs) yeah Uh, just to kind of put it into perspective I I remember when, because I've known Teresa for, I don't know, many years, <laughs> and, yeah. and kind of going through this journey with you, and I remember thinking, like, how in the world is she able to cope with this? Because it sounded like, it, it looked like you kind of wear, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I was just thinking that in mind, oh, she's just strong, but on another hand, there was probably a lot of suppression, uh, not yeah. really actually, like, pulling out the root, right? So no wonder, like, at one point, enough is enough, and mm. you got these bodily issues. And, and this is important for you listeners, too, to know that if there's a lot going on in your life and your body starts to react, that might be a deeper problem. It might not just be because you have allergies. Um, so you moved out for three weeks. But what happened? Because you moved back home, right? Yeah, I did. Um and we had some good conversations because the thing for me, I thought it was me and him that was the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of conversations and I tried to like, at one point we didn't have contract contact at all, but at the same time, you need to like, you have kids. You need to say hi to them and say, hi, mom, say, yeah, I haven't left for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that was actually very yeah, I can't describe it in words. 
Um, yeah. But it was tough. But at the same time, when I we were we agreed that I moved home, uh, and we agreed also to go in couple therapy. Mm-hmm. And this is I'm very proud of my boyfriend because this is a thing that he's not used to. He's from another family where they don't talk that much. Right. Uh, yeah. But he saw the issue, and we we actually we managed to mm-hmm. figure out stuff. And we talked a lot about values, communication, how we want life to be. Um, a lot of the deeper things that you maybe don't talk about um, in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk about this in one evening, for example. Oh, it's a um, process. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It sure is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so for us, we used the last year to work uh, with our communication and lower our expectations I think that's the most important thing because we came from two different families Mm -hmm. he had a picture of how his girlfriend would be and I had a picture of how I would be Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't match (laughs) so for for us for example his mother or how uh, he's used to his mother always cooked Mm -hmm. I hate cooking that's not one of my strongest qualities and I admit it, uh, and now he's used to it, but I'm still trying. So little things like that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is things that actually getting big things if we don't talk about it. Um, but now we are doing very well. We are very aware of how we communicate together with uh, between us now and how we communicate to others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we still have the same goal as we had, like, as always, and that is to grow all together. I'm always yeah. asking him, him, yeah, are you sure of, of us? What do you think? We've been together for years because I've been a bit afraid that we maybe grew apart, mm-hmm. but we've just, like, grew together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually the nicest thing he could say to me, that, yes, I want to grow old with you. So I love that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, especially with you guys going through so much together, but I think with in any relationship, uh, we have this idea of, oh, this is this idealized person that I want to be with, realizing that you can only be together with the person that you are together with, right? You can't mm. change this person. Uh, there is room for growth, but you got to kind of accept that this is what they are. This is who they are. And if that's not what you want, well, then it's your problem. It's not their problem. Um, yeah. And I think especially as you guys were going through all of this, I've just seen your guys' relationship has been transformed because you both chose to step in and do the uncomfortable things. Like mm. training your brain to actually like work together <laughs> as a couple to implement tools. Um, but I do remember that you also had a lot of work that you were doing, just you, Right. You went on sick leave. Yeah. You took the time off to actually take care of yourself. You lowered your expectations for yourself because you're a, you know, perfectionist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a perfectionist, but I like having a lot of things like going on. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so, yeah, it's just been, it's been really awesome to see, but it's also been a process kind of like you said, like you went to a meeting mm. and it took, still took time, a lot of, lot of, lot of time. Yeah, it did. Um, it it did. It's been 
yeah if i've said that before but if i think this year has been um it's been tough mm-hmm. uh it's been really really tough but at the same time i'm very grateful for this year mm-hmm. and i would do it again again 10 times yeah. because the um, experience i got mm-hmm. and the, how i've learned to know myself in a new way oh, yeah. i'm putting boundaries i'm I'm doing things for myself. I think that's the thing I've, I learned or um, what I actually did when I was younger to cope that I took responsibility of yeah. everything. But now I'm actually saying, hey, wait, stop. This is mm-hmm. not my responsibility. I, can take, I can't take your stuff as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's actually been a very big thing for me to just mm-hmm. put those, those boundaries down and just in terms of it. me and my boyfriend as well <laughs> I absolutely love this um I mean both Teresa and I were we love personal development growth stuff and just like entrepreneurial mindset type of thing and this is like this is what it is right this is what it is in practicality this is what it is when you implement it you will see growth you will see change and it will be effing hard it really will it's not easy but the tools work when you take the time to implement them right yeah it does it really does yeah wow we're we have six more minutes here but i want to kind of end this episode with what do you want to say to those that are out there that have had a lot of traumatic experiences, maybe not like, you know, the complete similar to what you have, but but still, you know, like struggles in life. How do you want to encourage them or what do you want to say? Well, I think uh, try to see the obstacle or the hard things that you're facing as an opportunity to learn. Uh, be curious and see it as a way to actually develop and it's not that I'm saying that we can't acknowledge that things are tough uh, mm-hmm. because life is, but yeah. try to meet it from another perspective. So you actually could take advantage from your journey and what you've been through instead of mm-hmm. putting yourself in a, a victim position where you feel sorry for yourself because okay. it's only you that could change mm-hmm. the way you're feeling and how you're doing. And as cliche as it may sound, uh, what doesn't kill you only makes you strong, <laughs> and and that's and that's the thing. What I actually, what I really see from my um, my experiences and how life has been for me, mm-hmm. is that I'm very grateful. Yeah. I'm not saying that I would rather have my father here, and I would have a um, childhood where I didn't need to worry as much. But at the right. same time, it put me where I am today. And for mm-hmm. that, I'm very grateful and I'm very oh, proud yeah. that I actually did. So, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to have another perspective of life and just see it in a bigger way. Because you can always that. learn from things. Yeah. What you said there is so spot on because the thing is, a victimized mindset doesn't work together with curiosity. So no. if you start being curious, you're not going to look at yourself as a victim anymore. You're going to be asking yourself, why is that? Why am I feeling that way? What can I do to, you know, like to grow, to become better uh, and to change the situation? And I absolutely love that. And I think I love it even more because I see you 
you implement it. It's not just kind of words coming out of your mouth, but it's something that you're living. Um, yeah. So with that being said, is there anything else you like to say uh, before we end up this episode? Well, I just want to thank you, Annie, because I'm very <laughs> grateful for our friendship and the interest we do share. Uh, and the thing is, with our, with our friendship, even though it's like six months or a year or two from when mm -hmm. we actually meet, we have this deep conversation and things that just give me value. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate you for having me as a guest today to get, so for me to tell my story. Um, it's actually a step towards my dream. Uh, and I really hope that you that listened today uh, got something out of it. Um, that something may inspire you uh, to take action on your own life. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for the kind words. It really is true. And I think with time as you grow older some friendships just kind of you know you're still friends but you don't really have that much in common but I feel like with you and I we just kind of we just end up with even more and more in common which is so it's yeah. so amazing and it's it's been it's been a privilege to to walk alongside you on this journey where you've been so vulnerable and shared really what's going on and I think this is your first podcast episode, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the last. And I think your story is so powerful because first of all, it's real. And that's, it's a wild story. Um, but also kind of like you coming out on the other side and although it might still be really hard uh, kind of sharing uh, and kind of encouraging others to, to take action and to, to grow and to be curious instead of victimizing themselves. So mm. it's been such a pleasure to having you here today and honestly like kudos uh, to Teresa because she speaks Norwegian on the daily well not at work but uh, no so just, that's know, like, why <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but just like pushing yourself and out of the comfort zone so I have so much respect yeah. for that and I just really want to thank you so much for being here on this podcast today and I really hope you as a listener are able to just take out the good stuff because there's a lot of the little gold nuggets here. So take her encouragement today and take action. Be curious. And yeah, thank you so much, Teresa. And I Thank see you, you guys Annie. next week. <laughs>